0: I think that you have a bubble that is hobbies and you have this big bubble that is travel and you just put that bubble inside the hobbies bubble and the bubble of hobbies is humongous now. I think think
1: the bubble of hobbies was always humongous. So one thing I wanted to talk about is hobbies. Mm -hmm. And just like I I have a lot of hobbies and so I'm kind of interested to ask if you guys have a lot of hobbies or if you just have like one or two that you prioritize or if you don't have any hobbies and you're a (laughs) no-life. Yeah. I Just, yeah.
2: I don't have anything that I consistently go back to on say a weekly basis and it's my own project i have lots of things that i love to do for example golf i um i have a collection of money from uh all around the world and from history that um i haven't messed with in a while but i love to to do research on that and I built like a little database for that stuff. Hmm. And um so nothing that I'm like going back to all the time. Yeah, but those are I mean, they're definitely hobbies. Yeah. It's just yeah,
1: just harder to harder to go back to. That makes sense. Yeah,
2: a collection,
0: like starting a collection would be kind of hard to do consistently, but it's like a drawn out hobby.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys done that before? Like do collections? Yeah. I used
0: to collect Pokemon cards. Okay. <laughs> No never no i- don't, i I was never like a serious collector of anything. I mean, I tried probably like coins looking for coins that are that are old, but it it wasn't that
1: I had a coin that was from nineteen sixty four which would be pure silver, right, yeah, so I kept it, and then I don't know, just sat in my drawer in my desk and I'm just like. I don't know what's the point. I'm just keeping it. Yep. Like it's kinda cool.
0: Does it have worth? Do you know how much a coin from nineteen sixty four is worth?
1: Probably a couple bucks.
0: Not worth a quarter? Wait, oh, it's it?
1: definitely worth more than a quarter. I there's no way it's
0: not. But Yeah. That's I I was always confused by that. Like I'd be like, Mom, Dad, I have this coin from this many years ago. Like how much is it worth? And they're like, It's worth a coin same as same as as it is now because of like because money is not going to lose value unless you're selling it to a collector. So, mm-hmm. Simon, CC hobbies. Um, I guess. Well,
1: I'll share mine.
0: Yeah, you go ahead.
1: I have a lot of interests, and unfortunately. I have a hard time uh giving my attention to all of them equally. But Rubik's cube, chess, disc golf, which has actually been a fading off recently as I've come to college and I would say bowling, but I haven't been bowling in a long time, primarily cuz it's a winter activity, at least I, I see it that way. Yeah. It's in, it's indoors. Yeah.
0: I guess my hobbies are, I used to draw a mm-hmm. lot. I kind of, like I said in one of our first earlier episodes, that I really enjoy art and just like observing it and trying to interpret it and like maybe seeing other people's interpretations of it. And that goes with like movies. Like I, I like, like reading the reviews and like when I watch a movie, I'm very critical of it and I treat it as a work of art. Um, so I guess watching movies would be a hobby. Um, but yeah, watching movies, uh, drawing, I don't do as much, but I do enjoy like doing little doodles. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it helps me focus a little bit more when I'm able to like sketch or like doodle something and then helps
1: you focus more. What do you mean
0: by that? uh, So while I'm listening to something, instead of just like. Letting it go in one ear and out out the other. Like, if I'm taking notes or, like, an image pops into my head, I'll, like, draw it, and it makes me connect with the message. Really?
1: Yeah. Interesting. So, like,
0: I doodle in church sometimes so I can, like, get the message better. or like. Gotcha. I always thought you were just dozing off. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) Yeah, but those are my hobbies. And then reading, I used to do a lot when I was a kid, but now my... Parents would be like I don't know what happened to that Simon that liked to read, yeah um
1: i I used to read when I was a kid. Fifth grade was the last time I had legitimately read a book on my own, and I'm not exactly sure why I stopped. I have one hypothesis that being that my my parents wanted me to do the like library summer." book club or whatever it was. Yeah. And I just, I didn't enjoy doing that because it was, hey, you have to read this many minutes a day or whatever it was. And I think it became more of a chore to me. Yeah. which I don't know why I threw away reading altogether because of that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not the root of it. But I've never really enjoyed reading until... My New Year's resolution, uh, two years ago now, I had I made a New Year's resolution to read more books, and I think that year I maybe read five or six, and I'd never yeah. read books before. I mean, I'd read it in school, but read and then skip a chapter here or there, go on Spark Notes, yep. <laughs> something like that. Uh, and so in terms of actually sitting down and reading a book on my own, that was... That was the first time I'd ever done that. And I have read a lot more since then, primarily nonfiction. In my mind, I see reading as beneficial to me. So I would not like to spend my time reading for leisure.
2: Thoughts? I think reading has to be one of the most healthy things you can do, period. Mm -hmm. Like, it's. I aspire to do it more. I used to do it a lot and I haven't done much recently and I come up with excuses, whatever, but I, reading and writing are two things that I would really love to make a habit and that I'm committing a significant amount of time to every day. What I find is interesting
1: is... Like nowadays we say, oh, if you're in front of the TV all day. Well, actually not even that anymore. If you're in front of your phone all day, that's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. But we would today assign more value to watching TV together because at least you're together, right? And then people with the TV, they would say, oh, we should be reading. That's healthier for you. Well, when the printing press came out, people were – they thought reading would be a bad thing because there's so much to read that people would just do that all day instead of work. Mm. And so whether it's good or bad I think is all based on context. And I think in the future probably when VR becomes more prevalent or whatever else is coming, I think being on your phone will be advantageous or seen as more beneficial than VR because VR, you have these goggles on you're locked in this world. Mm-hmm. Whereas, oh, well, if you're on your smartphone, it's so much healthier for you because you can see the outside world. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I think saying, oh, reading is like the best thing you can do. I think it's really just based on perspective. And I think it's rooted in the fact that our world is so distracted now. The ability that we can focus on a chapter for 30 minutes is...
2: Uh, honorable and looked up to there's also cultural aspects and values to that so um there have been times in history when literature was booming and it was is a big thing to read and write and i don't think it's valued as much now um and i think it should be valued more um and so yeah, when you say that it's like dependent because maybe TV becomes the new thing, I think there's something to reading that uh television can't provide or at least not yet. Totally.
1: I think I think television or sorry, I think reading's better than television. I think television's better than the smartphone. And like I said, I think in the future people will see that the smartphone is better than VR. So, I'm not I it sounded like I was kind of attacking your claim and saying in me being like, "Oh, reading it's it's good only based on our perspective, but I do think that it's good, and I do think that we need to get back to reading the problem that I see is it's a quote from someone but I can't quite remember is that you don't want to be reading or reading is good for you as long as you are doing your own thinking if you are only taking in it is not good for you hmm. yeah, and I think. You have to have both. And to your point, writing, that is very important. I would almost argue more important than reading because you can get out your thoughts. You can see what they look like in actual sentences, you know, because a lot of the times when you have this great idea in your head and then you tell someone, you're like, oh, that actually, (laughs) that was a terrible idea. I don't know why I thought that was good. So I think writing
2: is more important than reading would be yeah i think critical thinking has been lost on this generation 100 percent. yeah to some extent and so um reading and writing gives some level of critical thinking necessary um that maybe tv can give i don't know it depends what you're watching maybe but reading and writing i think will totally do that for you in all of these
1: platforms, whether it be your smartphone or television or reading, there are there's the entertaining side and there is the information side. For example, you can read nonfiction or fiction. you can watch a documentary or you can watch your favorite sitcom, whatever it be. What are your thoughts on, That Like television, we would say generally if you watch five hours of television, that's bad. But -hmm. what if it's nonfiction? What if it's a documentary, right?
0: Why is nonfiction, why do you think that's more beneficial than fiction?
1: I would say, well, fiction, it's just, it's not... mm -hmm. The information you're receiving from it, you can't apply... To the real world because it's not of
2: the real world does so it make sense it could depend too um yeah good fiction for example um lord of the rings i think that has so much value in being read i think there's things that you can you can take away from reading lord of the rings and um I'm not sure about apply to everyday life, but that can be applied yeah
0: well and, it's it comes down to why do you read or why do you watch what you're watching like are you looking for something that's gonna be educational or like gonna change i your read
1: books that would typically be classified as self help but i would i like to class them classify them as a diagnosis to a particular problem. So one of the books that i read is Church of Cowards by Matt Walsh. He doesn't necessarily give you any solution, that being, so it's not like a self-help book, but what it does do, he describes the state of the Western church and the problems with it. So I, I think that is very beneficial, and in seeing these problems that he points out, I've it has prompted me to think analytically. And like I said, I think thinking on your own is really what we need to get back to. And so having these nonfiction books that address real problems in the real world that prompt you to think on your own, not necessarily this self-help book that tells you what the problem is and then tells you how to solve it, which I there's definitely room for that because sometimes you read because you don't know you've thought about it and you don't know the solution. Mm -hmm. But in terms of just, just thinking in general, I think it's good for nonfiction books to
0: prompt such thinking. Yeah. I I don't know. I I find that fiction kind of engages me more and therefore I think better when I'm reading it, I guess.
1: A hundred percent because fiction is meant to entertain. Right. But in terms of, prompting me to think about topics or subjects that apply to me that's
0: that's what i yeah I, I don't get that i don't so i don't read for pleasure as much anymore as i used to when i was a kid and like in school if i'm forced to read a book like i'll like i said i, I would read a chapter like you said i'd read a chapter maybe do some spark notes but i wasn't really engaged in it and in invested in it and i wasn't thinking. Um, as much as I could have on those books mm-hmm. and then, I don't know I haven't just read for pleasure in a while I, and like like you guys are saying we're distracted by so much and I just feel like instead of sitting down in my bed like I used to when I was a kid and reading, because I didn't have a phone, I now when I get in bed I, I go on my phone yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's just the change that's, that's happened.
2: Yeah. Another value that I would say is lost on our generation is imagination c.s lewis always talked about the importance of using your imagination um in a lot of his books and he talked about how it was important to him um through his early childhood and growing up and then what turned into narnia and the space trilogy and all all sorts um and fiction i think there's can be valued because of the way it feeds your imagination too Mm-hmm. that's um I think your imagination is something that should be continuously spurned and hmm. you know, yeah
0: i as a little kid i had i would like to say that I had a good imagination, and uh I don't know, I was always outside like doing something from you know using the stick as a sword pretend to be a pirate like that was that was just the most fun part about it because i could take that the fiction stuff that i read or just you know be creative and find things in the real world that can tie into that and then also with art and drawing i could doodle and draw the things in my head my imagination i guess just imagining you know hmm. what i'm what i'm seeing and then with fiction, I, I feel like being in a different world where it's not, it's not totally non-fiction, you can imagine that world while you're reading it and then you get really invested into it and then that's also fueling your imagination.
1: I feel like real imagination is such a rare thing to come across and I like to think of our minds more more closely to AI than what we like to think of it. (laughs) So hear me out. Uh, Our imagination, like if I were to come up with a story, for example, yes, I came up with it, but I already have all the constructs for a story to have come up with. Mm -hmm. So this person went through the woods, they met someone, this person told them something, and then they went on a grave adventure. That's my own original story, but I took ideas from other things. And so, similar to what AI does, it doesn't come up with its own ideas. It just pulls from resources that it has. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what we're doing. But real imagination is... It is something that the human... Like, we have natural in us, but it's very rare to come across. One example... Isaac Newton, uh, in his day, people were trying to come up with more and more accurate uh, digits of pi, right? So 3.14. And the way that they would do this is they would take a polygon, right? So like a hexagon or a heptagon, and they would add up all the sides, and then they would find what pi is from that by dividing the diameter.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So if you think about it, a hexagon is, if you add up all those sides, it's kinda gonna be similar to the circle that it's circumscribed into. Right. But if you do an octagon, it's gonna be slightly more accurate. So the way that they would do this is they would basically increase the amount of sides of the polygon to crazy amounts.
2: Don't leave us audience, this is going somewhere. (laughs) and
0: yeah
1: <laughs> and it was a ton of math just to find the the perimeter of this polygon and thus find a slightly more accurate version of what pi is but isaac newton i can't even describe to you how he came up with this cuz it was it blew my mind but he basically came up with three revolution or three or four revolutionary ideas consecutively that allowed him to calculate pi to a crazy accuracy Mm -hmm. along with like a decreased workload so he didn't have to do all this arithmetic and eventually after Isaac Newton came up with that no one else did the polygon method anymore but something like that no one had ever come up with that ever before and then he did and I think that that real imagination as i'm going to call it is so valuable and i'm not sure if that's something that you can train your imagination for i think it's something that you're given mm-hmm. isaac newton i don't know what he i don't i don't think he could have ever prompted his imagination to come up with something like that
0: well i think to come up with something like that he probably used what he knew before him, from like Archimedes and all these Greek philosophers and mathematicians, well, yes, but you you can't blame scientists or people of today when they're trying to come up with new things. you can't blame them for using the tools that they're given from the past and well of course you can't i mean <laughs> i think i I think that imagination is not it's not bound in um math and science it's it's more in literature and more abstract things. That's fair. But then again, But my point there was
1: Isaac Newton was coming up with with something that has literally never been thought of before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in literature, I find that how often, how often is it that this, that this story or this whatever hasn't been come up with before? And even if it hasn't, there's been something similar for sure, and so it's really just based off that and it's not truly something no one's ever thought of before, which I think is true imagination. Does it make sense,
0: yeah, but I don't know if you'd ever be able to point it out as something that nobody's ever thought of before because just the world has been around for, or people have been around for so long that like i've I've seen the messages or like comments about oh we've never had an original thought like or experience (laughs) (laughs) uh because we've all we've all had kind of the same kind of stuff i don't know yeah not everyone has the same experiences but you know you can find other people that can relate to you and that's where we find community yeah if you were alone in the way you think, then I mean you'd feel pretty isolated, yeah
1: what I find also interesting, kind of along that note is like if you're alone in how you think, then you feel isolated a lot of like I'll take van Gogh for example he his he was not mentally right something something was off mm-hmm. yeah. But look at the art he created, mm. right? I think the best art comes from people who struggle mentally and
2: who are alone, as you would... C.S. Lewis failed his driving test eight or nine times, <laughs> and he never got a driver's license.
0: Wow. That's crazy.
2: Dang. And then he wrote some of the most brilliant works of literature <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. 20th century. I,
0: I've definitely heard this before, that all like all geniuses kind of have something wrong Mm -hmm. where they they just you know you're never gonna have everything if you're gifted in one area you're not gonna be it's not gonna be all balanced
1: yeah one of the things I like about C.S. Lewis's work is he's not he's just I so to provide some context I'm like I'm five chapters into his Mere Christianity book Mm -hmm. And he really just talks about Christianity and doesn't force anything on you. He doesn't, like I said, it's not a self-help book. It's simply describing something. And I think literature like that to read is so valuable in terms of, which is literature... Is that fiction or is that just all writing? Just all writing. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. Um, where is I going with that? Oh, it's so valuable that he doesn't pr- provide you a solution or force something on you because it allows you to think on your own. Does that make sense?
0: Ooh, my mic's about to fall. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm researching right now like all these geniuses that, were kind of seen as insane like Albert Einstein apparently he never wore socks ever mm-hmm. huh. <laughs> like his hygiene was terrible uh i've also
1: heard that most great men are terrible fathers like Albert Einstein terrible father
0: yeah which
1: uh, i i mean just based logically i think there's a lot of validity to that why if you in order to be great at something, you have to neglect other parts of your life, and I think that falls on your family as well.
0: Do you have to neglect your family to be great? I think so. <laughs> That's interesting.
1: Or, I mean, you probably don't have to, but I think it occurs a lot, in the case of Albert Einstein at least. And I'm sure there's other examples. but
0: Don't know if the, them off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, going back to the uh, the topic of creativity and um, imagination, because I feel like there is so many thoughts that can spark from this because it's kind of boundless, or like there is no way of measure- measuring it. It imagination itself is abstract, and uh, I don't know. I think imagination versus creativity. I think creativity is where you know Isaac Newton came up with that. New thing that no one's ever done before, like that was creative way of looking at it, it was okay perspective imagination is is more um expounding on that creativity, I guess um kind of tapping into your mind and like visualizing things, I guess
2: I think creativity I implies more of an action like you're creating mm-hmm. something,
0: yeah, but that's what. I don't know, that's what, like, most of these great people do. They take their imagination and they make something out of it. Sure. Like, with So you're
1: saying imagination is the base of creativity? Yeah. So all creativity is imaginative, but not all imagination is creative.
0: Yeah. You Like, sometimes you can't do anything with some of these profound thoughts that you have. I understand. So, like... Me, the great Simon in my backyard when I was a kid, (laughs) when I was playing with swords, that was me being creative with my imagination. Like I was imagining being a pirate. Then I was like, I'm going to get creative and grab this sword and run around with it like a little hooligan. You know?
2: Yeah. You could sit on your couch and imagine how pirates look and how a pirate would act.
0: Right. Yeah. And I was there. I wasn't like it may not be. It sounds like, okay. yeah, that's not that smart. I guess it's not really productive in any way, but the fact that I was able to use my brain as a tool to place myself in that mind space where I was a, I was actually a pirate. I think like as we get older, we obviously don't do that as much because it's a little bit weird. You'd be kind of a kooky guy if you did that. Yeah. Sorry. Any kooky guys? Well,
1: because Mm -hmm. at, at a certain point you're expected to put away imagination and, embrace the real world because you are in the real world so neglecting that you kind of i don't want to say you look like a failure but kind of yeah right what do you mean failure like why would you waste your time imagining when you could be creating when you have the real world to be yeah kind of
2: so or not just creating but just doing yeah so it's interesting I have a podcast recommendation on the subject of um literature and storytelling and story writing um specifically and from a christian uh perspective and that is stories are soul food podcast um with andy wilson he I appreciate a lot of the things that he says. I don't agree with all the things that he says um but he has some good perspective i think as a writer himself he wrote the book hundred cupboards i don't know if you've read that pretty popular book um but he talks a lot about storytelling and how we as christians can interact with literature and how we can create um for the glory of god and how we can create meaningful and valuable work Mm um i think he kind of breaks that down really good so
1: Hmm. here i'm looking up the difference in definition of creativity versus imagination it says imagination is the ability to form ideas images and sensations in our mind without input of senses Mm-hmm. and creativity is the ability to make and turn ideas into tangible reality. We nailed that. <laughs> yeah. What is what do you think defines a good hobby and a bad hobby? Do you think there is such thing?
0: No. Uh, a yes. hobby is something that a hobby is something that like takes your time, you enjoy.
2: It, is yeah. can alcohol be a hobby? No. Oh, couldn't
0: Why not? <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, actually, if you have, like, a bourbon collection, You're yes.
2: Definition of a hobby. <laughs> yeah.
0: So my my uh owner, so I worked at an ice cream shop, and on the side he had a bourbon YouTube channel, and I thought it was really cool because he had, like, a whole shelf of bourbon, and, like, he knew all the facts about bourbons and aging and all this stuff, and that was his hobby. He had a collection, and he made videos about it. I'll plug him right now, actually. Definition of
2: a hobby. <laughs> a an activity. horse or pony.
0: Oh, wait, no. What?
2: That's the archaic definition.
1: An activity done regularly in one's leisure, time for pleasure. So, if you enjoy drinking, it's probably for pleasure. And if it's done regularly, I would consider that a hobby, unfortunately. Okay. So. Is, going, that, a, is that a bad hobby? I would argue, yes. <laughs> it is
0: actively harmful to your body. <laughs> Uh, so your stance on alcohol is that it's it's harmful oh brother um, <laughs> I
1: think in all contexts mm-hmm. there's in terms of like physically speaking, it is never beneficial for you socially i could I would at least hear your argument on that yeah i i I would say I have good hobbies and I have bad hobbies. Not necessarily in terms of harming me, but just how good that activity is at providing me pleasure, like in leisure time. So, for example, I would say that—now, I don't play tennis anymore, but let's just say that tennis is one of my hobbies. I would say that the Rubik's Cube is a better hobby for me than tennis is. Because tennis, you have to dedicate a certain amount of time, probably like at least two hours, and you have to go out and do it. You have to, It's a mm-hmm. high entry fee, whereas the Rubik's Cube, low entry fee. I can do it wherever I want. The, the possibilities for you to improve at it are near endless. I would consider that a much better hobby than
0: tennis. So that's kind of where I was going with are
1: there better
0: and worse hobbies i think that's all personal then because like we all have the different things that we find more pleasure in like if i read i'm not i don't find as much pleasure in that as you know playing soccer that's that's a good point so i mean i don't know how so
1: even even though reading you could do it wherever whenever and it's it it is ven- beneficial to you in your mo- like It's not mind. necessarily a better hobby because it's not as entertaining. Right. That's fair.
0: But it could be entertaining. Like, it could be more entertaining. Like, it just depends on who you are. Yes. That's what I mean. So, I don't know. If- for
1: me, e- even if, in this hypothetical, Rubik's Cube and tennis were equally enjoyable for me, in that context, I would say, mm-hmm. Rubik's Cube is undeniably better. But, in the in this idea that if tennis is more enjoyable to me, I don't think the Rubik's Cube could be a better hobby because it's not uh, done regularly in one's time for pleasure, and it's less pleasure, so innately it's got to be worse.
0: But if we're deeming a collection, collecting something a hobby, you're not doing that regularly. You're doing it as, as it comes and goes. I, yeah regularly that's a rather broad term
2: i mean it does not have to mean like daily it can be like over a span of time this is something that is progressing yeah and you're working on it sometime in the middle let's just say over a decade if you've been doing it
1: over the whole decade on the short term if you find a new coin every eight months that's not going to seem regular but if you zoom out if you zoom out to over a decade every 8 months that that is regular right so i think it's regular is subjective yeah so is it wait what's the right word for that
0: it's... um uh uh albert einstein relative yes it's relative <laughs> there nice <laughs> got it nice. snipe that one um is there much more we can go with this topic? Are there any hobbies that you wish you could do but
1: are unattainable? unobtainable So
0: for, I wish I could travel that's true. like
1: that for example
0: that's not a hobby I, though is it It's travel um yeah. if it's I, done if regularly put, if in put, one's time
2: for pleasure if you put, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. like if you're retired, that could be like a hobby like okay. something that you do.
0: But putting travel into the into the mix as a hobby makes what is a hobby or the topic of hobbies that much more broad. I don't think so. I think that you have a bubble okay. that is hobbies and you have this big bubble that is travel and you just put that bubble inside the hobbies bubble and the bubble of hobbies is humongous now.
1: I think... <laughs> I think the bubble of hobbies was always humongous, yeah. now, the bubble that is your hobbies got bigger, but
0: yeah, the bubble of what is hobbies I think who cares about my hobbies that's all it's all not me, just, yeah, that's what I mean, <laughs> who cares um, I think that we should each individually care about our own hobbies and you know like treat them and. And, um, you know, I think you should care about other people's hobbies. I think it's interesting, well, yeah, I mean when uh, i don't know where I'm going with this, yeah, me I, I agree with you hobbies <laughs> I, are I, but borderline i I disagree with you, I just agree with you, oh, I hobbies you
1: said, <laughs> borderline, I disagree with you, I was like, brother,
0: no,
2: <laughs> I agree, we should care. Hobbies are a lot of the time meant for self pleasure, so maybe that's where you're going with that where yeah. hobbies aren't inherently meant for like. Like you do not others. care about the Rubik's cube it, as it pertains to you, right? Yeah, gotcha. Okay. I don't. I'm not. I don't really care how fast you get on your Rubik's cube. Yeah. I think it's cool that you can solve it in under ten seconds or whatever like that. Um, and
0: I love talking to people about their hobbies because you can see their energy around it. Yeah, but it's it's not gonna keep me up at night.
1: Yeah. I was talking to James Stoller yesterday, and. He brought up an interesting point. I said, since I've gone down this road of the Rubik's Cube so far, I I understand way more than you guys can even understand that I understand. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, we talked yeah. about this on yes. uh, episode one.
1: Yeah. He compared it to Calc 2 or maybe Calc 3. I'm not sure. But essentially, you have this matrices – in in time and space, Mm -hmm. say it's 12 by 12. Well, you can simplify that matrices and make it 3 by 3 so you can understand it more so you can work with it. But once you have a 3 by 3 matrix, you can never go out. You can never go back out. Mm, And so uh, his comparison there was that there are probably all of... like everything we can imagine has a huge matrix of whatever you could think of in it but we only have this small portion and you can't just what wi- you you cannot just understand more by widening the matrix you just can't now in my for me in me having a big matrix for the rubik's cube i naturally infer that there are just the same complexities in everything
0: else i'm just not aware of them yeah so so having that knowledge of one specific hobby gives you kind of some knowledge on the other and understanding that there is way more that i do not understand
1: in other hobbies Uh, we never we never answered my question about hobbies that you would go into if you could Oh yeah uh I think it'd be really neat to become a gardener. I don't know why, but my grandma does it, and I think it's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, I used to love gardening. I used to do it all the time, but I haven't. I would do a bonsai tree. A bonsai tree.
0: Bonsai. 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 You know from uh, from dude, Karate Kid. Ah, uh, uh, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, <laughs> it seems <laughs> I like gotcha. such a tranquil hobby to have. And I definitely could do it. It's probably not that expensive. Yeah.
1: It, there are some hobbies that I wish I could do simply based on money. For example, golf. If I could, mm. if I had the money to play golf and not care about my job or whatever, that I could spend more time doing it because I feel like it takes a lot.
0: It's also time, yeah.
1: And so, mm-hmm. in in that sense, I wish I could do golf, but. That's in terms of money and time, whereas there are other hobbies like uh, painting. I wish I could paint. I wish I could play an instrument. But that is a skill that I do not have. It's not a limit on time or money, mm-hmm. which I guess golf is kind of similar. I'm limited to how well I can play golf, but yeah, because I, I don't know. I just I wish I could do things at a greater
0: level. You think you can't play an instrument without talent.
1: Yeah, I th- yeah, I realize that. Or paint without talent. Well, you can. It's just I wish I could do it at a greater level such that it You,
0: you wish it was easy. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I don't think I'm in any way inclined to hit a golf ball better than anyone else, but I've learned how to do it and I've practiced it so much that I can do it without thinking and relatively skillfully, I mean, relative to the general population, maybe not to the golfing community. I think that's the way it is with
1: most things. If you put in literally two or three months to learn something, you're going to be better than the general population Mm -hmm. just because the general population has not put any time into it. Like in chess... If you play for literally a couple months of maybe even just playing, but I would I would advise like a little bit of strategical um, like trying to learn the strategy. Yeah, you're you're going to be so much better than the average person. But in the grand scheme of things, here here's an interesting thing. Uh, kind of a little off topic or random, but. Uh, grandmasters in chess they are overwhelmingly men however for the amount of men that play chess there is a fewer percentage of men that are grandmasters in comparison to women of the women that play chess there is a greater percentage of grandmasters
2: because just so many men play
1: yes so many men play that it brings the percentage of male grandmasters down (laughs) <laughs> is that interesting? That is. Mm-hmm. So the women that do play are on average more committed.
2: Yeah, I wonder what what uh has made it that way so that men are more likely to play, because I don't see chess in any way being a I don't know, a draw to other guys <laughs> more so than I could say that.
1: could Have muted all of our mics at once.
0: <laughs> I that was, was kind of nasty.
1: All right, try and cough again. Wait, you're one? No, 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 you're two. Wait, no, you're not. That's uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm, I'm one. You're three. Okay, now cough.
0: <laughs> yeah, mm. you could only hear it on his mic and your mic. I was coughing and yeah. it was picked up on your mic barely. That was kind of nasty. <laughs> it's <laughs> all
1: right. It's not like other people are going to be using this podcast studio. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh,
2: do you have class at eleven thirty? I got it. Got canceled.
1: Let's go, baby. I
0: know. It's, I want to uh, turn the whole uh, world upside down. Who's to say? For the it's intro for the next can episode, can we just all come in singing a song,
2: dude? True, I'm True, because that
0: can't get copyrighted.
2: Can it do, not? Do, wait,
0: can we do the uh, Beethoven? Not, if, you're in the wrong, if you're in the wrong key or singing the wrong notes, then it can't.
2: But if you're if you're on pitch, then I, I think it can. I'll be the cello, oh, dang it, so it'll get copyrighted.
0: <laughs> no, no, we'll do Beethoven, I, I so good. we can dub- double not get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, make, I'll be the cello, you be the violin, and you be the flute. Oh, <laughs> well, what about the piano? Yeah.
2: Dun dun dun. That's
0: the twentieth century fight.